Welcome, you're listening to episode 44 of Blooming a Healthy Home by Design. This month, we had the pleasure of learning more about an agrihood in Warren County, Ohio called Aberlin Springs. Leslie Aberlin, the founder of Pendragon Homes, combined her passion for community development and healthy living to create a place where families can further connect with their food, the planet, and each other. Through discovering the power of real organically grown food and healing her own chronic illnesses, she developed her family's regenerative farm to help others achieve a healthier lifestyle. Her vision behind Aberlin Springs was to create a farm-to-table agrihood community that could connect people with farmers so that they could experience the healing power of clean, real food for themselves. Little did she know that people would want to live there for many reasons. So if you're interested in hearing the story of healing and being inspired to learn ways you can create a healthier home environment, you're going to love hearing Leslie's story about Aberlin Springs. Let's grow. Is your home environment helping you or hurting you? We've been taught that our health is determined by the food that we eat or how much we exercise. But what if there's more to it than that? I'm here to tell you that your home environment matters. We spend most of our time at home and we're raising our families here. So isn't it important to know if we're creating an environment that is supportive to our health and well-being? Here on Blooming a Healthy Home by Design, we're gonna uncover the many ways your home can support you building a healthier lifestyle for your family. We'll uncover simple ideas that will get you to think about your home differently. You'll discover how to get rid of toxins that could be lurking in your walls and cupboards, to new ideas in color psychology, furniture placement, anything and everything that can help influence positive mood and behavior so you and your family can lead healthier, fuller lives at home. I'm Sheila Alston, founder of Healthy Home Media and editor of the Wellness Real Estate Magazine and Healthy Home Magazine. I'm on a mission to bring health and home together. I'm searching far and wide to bring guests who will guide you with simple and actionable steps that you can take to help you and your family bloom and grow. So thanks so much for being here. Together, we're making the world a healthier place, one home at a time. Thank you so much, Leslie, for being on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. You know, before we dive right into Aberlin Springs, I remember you telling me a little bit about your health journey and what led you to developing this amazing farm-to-table community. So would you mind sharing maybe a little bit about that before we start talking about the community? <laughs> sure, sure. Well, um, I um, I started this home building company 16 years ago and um, kind of right in the middle of the career with this, I ended up with an autoimmune disease probably back in about 2010, 2009 started 2010. And um, was, uh, uh, um, sorry, I just got distracted for a second. So anyway, um, so I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease probably in about 2010 and um, just went down the allopathic uh, trail of getting different doctors to help me and, you know, different pharmaceuticals and um, within about two years, I was really, really sick. I was at about 20% life force. And um, the doctors here all gave up on me. They had me on all kinds of medication that, um, you know, they felt should help. And I was just not getting better. And, um, and I think really for me, the biggest thing was the food. I'm a single mom. I worked full time. And so I really wanted to spend the evenings with my kids. 
Um, so my form of enjoyment, um, because I'm a bit of a foodie, was to um, to go out to lunch a lot. So mm-hmm. I was doing kind of fine dining three to four times a, a week. And um, for my body, I think it was a combination of the medication and the chemical load um, and preservatives in the foods that was really affecting me. So um, the doctors here all gave up on me and told me I needed to go to John Hopkins or Cleveland Clinic or some type of research facility. And um, as I was doing the paperwork for that, I discovered functional medicine and Mm -hmm. energetic medicine and healing your body. And I started understanding about the microbiome of our gut. And um, so I went um, cold turkey off all the medication and I was on you know, methotrexate and Humira and just all kinds of crazy stuff. And, um, and uh, went cold turkey, um, no medication, organic. I went raw, um, completely raw, a little bit of meat, but not much. And within a month and a half, I had such a healing that I would say I was probably at 60 to 70% life force in wow. that short period of time. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So oh my gosh. significant. For yeah. Sure. So then you, so then you just, how did you get into farming? How did you relate that then? You just wanted to keep eating that food or? Well, it was a combination. So my parents had um, this farm that we're developing. It had been mm-hmm. their retirement farm and um, just happened that there wasn't a, um, any chemical sprayed up here ever. Um, so do you want me to go into the whole backstory? Well, yeah. Like, how did you relate that it was chemicals? Because there's a lot of people that are probably thinking, you know, organic doesn't have chemicals on it, but they don't relate, you know, eating a lot of fine dining food with it being chemical laden. Right. Guess. Right. Did, did you learn that or? Um, well, yeah, that was just because once I got clean um, yeah. and um, started back to work, of course, we just went back to our old habits and I would, I would get sick much quicker. So I mm-hmm. could tell instantly. So like the first thing that really affected me was lettuces and salads because I thought I was safe eating the salads, but they wash them in a preservative, which they need to in order to keep them viable for the restaurant. Um, But that was that's a big one for me that I can feel pretty much instantly. Um, Sugar was another one. If I eat sugar and then, of course, alcohol, which is just sugar um, inflammation reaction really quickly. Um, but mostly it was that once I felt good, I'd try to go back to my lifestyle and then I would, um, all of a sudden feel all the swelling and the inflammation again and the brain fog. And then I would clean back up and lo and behold, it was like my old self again. Um, you know, it was a combination really. And then just studying, I just studied everything I could about holistic food and why we do it. And, um, and then we did have this organic farm Mm -hmm. and, um, and, uh, you know, we weren't really farming. We had a little garden, but mm-hmm. I start connecting with the local farmers and farm markets to get food for me to eat and prepare mm-hmm. until we build the agri community. Yeah. Okay. So then what, how, what led you to building the agri community then? So, um, so do you want me to go all the way to the backstory with my dad? <laughs> sure. Whatever you want to talk about is fine. It's all interesting. Okay. Um, well, so, so what happened to us is that, um, you know, this, this, so I usually like tell the story back that, you know, my, when my parents got married, my dad announced at the wedding that he was going to retire at 45, a millionaire. Um, they were just 
hungry, poor. Sometimes his parents were immigrants from Switzerland and they just never really made it and just had all kinds of, you know, issues or house burned down and whatever. So he was just very driven not to be hungry. And, mm-hmm. um, so he was on the ground floor of a com- local company here in Cincinnati that he knew was going to go public. And so he actually did retire at 46 and then he built his farm for the family. Mm-hmm. And um, he built a home for his sister and he built a home for my mother's brother and sister-in-law. And um, he paid off all my cousin's college debt. Anybody in our family who wanted a college career got one. And, wow. um, and then built this beautiful place for the family. Wow. And, um, you know, this was about 30 years ago. So um, we all enjoyed the farm. And then one by one, they passed away. And um, he was actually the first to go. And, um, and then once uh, I got sick, we listed the farm and I was going to close down my home building company. And, um, and then when I had such a quick healing, um, I was getting ready to go back to work and he sat down on the end of my bed after being dead for years. And he told me he wasn't going to let the farm sell. And I was like, oh my God, you can do that from there. Um, you've got to release us. I mean, this just, there's so much going on here. And, um, he said, well, what's the most important thing to you? And I said, well, I think it's organic food. And he said, well, you have an organic farm, which I had thought of because, you know, this was like a hobby farm for them. Yeah. They they were running some cattle up here just to keep some of the big pastures down, but I, we weren't, I wasn't thinking of us as farmers. Mm -hmm. He said to me, well, what do you do for a living? And I just kind of chuckled and said, well, you're not going to believe it, but I started a home building company after you died. Mm -hmm. So we'll put them together. So that was really where the inspiration came. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I went back to work and the gal who had kind of been overseeing my company, her name's Maureen McDermott, and she works for a company called North Point Group, which is a development company. And I went back to work and I told her about this dream the first day I was there. And she just pale and yeah. said, oh my God, I, I couldn't have told you this until last Thursday, but her company had just been released from a confidentiality agreement and they had done a two-year study to build an agri-community for a local college. And I was like, well, what's an agri-community? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Talking about. Yeah. So, um, so she knew everything from the zoning needs for an agri-community to the emotional needs of people living in them. She had been studying it and and um, we went and came and talked to my mom and she loved the idea immediately because then yeah. we could stay here. Yeah. And, um, and none of the soils up here had ever been sprayed. So the, our soils here were in, in, in tremendous, you know, condition. And yeah. then we were kind of off to the races. Oh my gosh. That's so amazing. Yeah. So then tell us a little bit about Aberlin Springs. It's a, it's an agri community, but right. not everybody may know what that is. Right. So an agri-community is, um, is a, uh, I, I, I equate it to the golf course model. We actually took the golf course model, community model, um, and we have a, a homeowners association, and, but our amenity, instead of being a golf course, is an organic farm. Mm-hmm. So professional farmers that do the farming. We have a beautiful farm market up here because one of the buildings um, that my family had used up here for a warehouse was perfect for a farm market. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've since brought up a couple of greenhouses and we're just building new um, beds for vegetable production. My mom is still raising sheep, um, which we use for the meat. 
And, um, and basically, you know, we're just, we're growing this farm up here to be able to sustain the homeowners. Mm-hmm. So um, we use a CSA model. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do not want to be employers of these people. So um, I looked for a farm enterprise to come up. So our farmer, his name is Jacob Thompson, and he owns a company called Barefoot Design, and he's actually a permaculturist Ooh. by trade and um, education. And so he has a permaculture business and landscaping business, and he runs a farm business. So it's nice because he can pull the labor back and forth, which makes mm-hmm. it work a little better. Um, mm-hmm. But he manages a farm full time. That's that's um, that's his job, and and we don't as homeowners, we don't want to be um, doing the work per se. Mm-hmm. Um, however, a little side story, our lead farmer just had appendicitis and had to have his appendix removed on Friday. And mm-hmm. when it was time for harvesting on Wednesday, um, we just put the word out. And we had lots of volunteers come up and pull it all together in our week of need for extra hands on deck to put the CSA it- together. Oh, that's amazing. Well, yeah. it just, I mean, you probably have some education stuff going on too for people. If so yeah, it's multi-leveled. So we do run a CSA up here, mm-hmm. which is a customer supported agriculture. And um, we have to do that to get around the regulations because everything in the farming business is regulated now by big, big ag. So mm-hmm. like I can't sell lamb to my neighbors. Um, so we, most organic farms are using the CSA model, which is where you become a member of the farm. So it's basically you're getting, buying a share mm-hmm. of the farm. So now we're considered owners yeah. and it also funds the farm. So there's a guaranteed mm-hmm. cash flow for the farm every year. So all of our homeowners are required to be a member of the CSA. Mm-hmm. Us, because we also provide meat and prepared foods we it's $850 a year. And then during the height of the season, we have a 27 week CSA, which is where you come in and you pick up a, your basket of food that's coming out of the gardens. And mm-hmm. once that 27 weeks is up, you, we have refunded everybody at least $850 worth of food. And then our market's open all year because we have the greenhouses and then anything in additional that our customers want or the meats, which don't fall into the CSA specifically, they can come up and buy at any point. So we have a cute farm market. It's all on the honor system. They can just come up and we've got a little iPad there so you can use a credit card or cash. And and we also have a a chef who's brought up her enterprise here too. So Mm. there's prepared foods here and she saves the harvest. So like when we were all sick of tomatoes and she started making tomato soups and sauces and she sells those in our market. Nice. Yeah. Well, and so you have animals there too. So do you consider yourself a regenerative farm? We are definitely a regenerative farm. And um, the other thing we've done as a community, um, we realized early on the very first thing you have to do in any community is figure out what you're going to do with sewer. So it all starts with poop and now it ends with poop because <laughs> we're doing our composting for the gardens. But yeah. um, so we actually created a private septic system up here, which is really such a gem for Ohio and for this community. And we had the perfect soils and we have a, a big 20 acre field um, that is 80 feet below the rest of the community. So a lot of it is actually gravity run, but we have individual tanks at all of the houses. And then it runs through a sewer line to this bottom field and it gets treated in a pond. And then we created drip irrigation fields um, or drip irrigation lines under the fields. 
So now we have this very large um, leach field, which creates highly nutritious nitrogen rich grass. Mm -hmm. And then all of our waters are going back down into the aquifer. And once we break into this next phase, we'll finish that whole underground system. And now we're part of the ecosystem. And then we will be grazing all the meat animals down there. Wow. So we have a little bit of our meat production happening up here, um, up where the houses are, because it's just cute to have the baby lambs running around. We've got a couple of welcoming goats and we've got <laughs> donkeys, which actually we keep to keep the coyotes off the sheep. Mm -hmm. um, but eventually the main meat production will be in that lower field. So as you drive in, the first thing you'll see is this, you know, 20 acre field that will be mob grazing the animals and then mm -hmm. we'll winter them in a barn and then take all the fertilization up to the field. So the goal is definitely to have a closed loop system. So for those people who don't know about regenerative farming, I watched Kiss the Ground and I thought it was amazing. But okay. what I didn't realize was that you can actually sequester carbon back in the ground. And, and if more farmers did regenerative farming, you could actually start cooling the earth instead of yeah. having it uh, overheated like it is. <laughs> Really, the, um, it's the industrial farming that is making mm -hmm. us sick. Um, when you're mimicking nature, I mean, Mother Nature has always supported humanity and all of the animals and bugs and plants that have existed here long before us. Mm -hmm. So um, the regenerative farmer is just mimicking nature. So we don't kill our bugs. We um, don't chase off our birds and predators. We grow enough food to feed the local fauna and flora that we need and um, we don't kill things. Mm -hmm. So there's just an arrogance that's happened in the United States over time where we feel like we have to kill everything that's in our way. Mm -hmm. And it has to be a very sick country. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, absolutely no Roundup or any glyphosate products are allowed up on, on this property because that mm -hmm. really is the single biggest injury we have done to this country. It's making us sick, it's killing the soils, it's killing all our microbiome in our guts as well as in our ground. So we do no-till and we're encouraging the whole um, mycelium life that lives under the soils, which is like a great big network system. And you don't want to be tearing that up year after year and drying, mm -hmm. and killing it. Um, and then we do work a lot with the carbon and um, composting and, um, and, you know, we're building soils all over the neighborhood. So... That's amazing. Your community must be so excited to be a part of something that's not only just like good for your body, but good for the family. It's like back to the way people lived, you know, years and years ago. Well, and I, I have three types of homeowners. So most of my homeowners mm -hmm. are either sick people like me who mm -hmm. have access to the food. And it's hard to go place to place and farm to farm to get all your food. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, even when you're buying organic food, it can be grown in organic soil, but it doesn't mean that it's nutrient or it's nutrient rich soil. So um, the what you need is vegetables that have the nutrients in them. Mm -hmm. So um, and when you're buying organics in a store, anything in a truck by law has to be sprayed. So you're still getting the chemicals, and you really don't know what the nutritional value is of the food. So that's why it's really important for us to have this whole closed loop system. And then we're checking the, you know, we're testing our soils and, and what all the different minerals and that are in our soils yearly. And, um, and then we also test some of our vegetables to make sure that they're, you know, highly nutritious as well. And then you don't need to eat as much, much food, 
Um, and it's just, you know, it's just a superfood rather than kind of like a, you know, a, you know, like a carrot with no, no nutrients in it is just fiber basically. Well, so if we don't live in Ohio, <laughs> in Morris, Ohio, how can we make sure, and what's the, what's, what should we do if we want to make sure we're getting, cause I buy new organic at the grocery store, but should right. I be doing something different? Well, I mean, so yeah, it, it depends on where you are. So the mm -hmm. number one thing I say is get to know your farmers, like get mm -hmm. out into the country and find your farmers. Um, and, um, and then the second level is organic, but you need to really make sure you're washing the food because okay. it will have a spray on it. Okay. And then we need to start fighting all this crazy legislation um, that is supposedly protecting us, but it's not, it's protecting the big agricultural companies. It's not protecting us. We can protect ourselves mm -hmm. um, and then get off of the factory meat. I mean, it is, it is toxic. They're feeding all these animals corn. So imagine like, I know what my body feels like when I eat corn and sugar. Um, I'm in pain. I'm inflamed. I'm foggy. I'm depressed. I don't feel good. And this is exactly what's happening to all the chickens and pigs and the beef out there that's in these industrial farms. They are ill. They are in pain. They are suffering. Um, they are not healthy. They did not have the right building blocks. And then they have a torturous end of their life. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's most important to find the meat from your farmers, number one, because you can wash vegetables. Yeah. Um, and then there are farm markets. And then there are some places that um, that will specialize in, in getting the better foods. And I think there's going to be a push for more of it. I think we're going to start seeing more of it yeah. and we have to get out there and start having the conversations and the dialogues. And we have to start fighting all this legislation that is keeping and regulations that's keeping us from, you know, being able to sell food to our neighbors and we need to have backyard gardens and, I mean, grow some herbs in a window if you are in an apartment. I mean, we just, mm -hmm. we have to get started going back to the earth. Yeah. Well, and so the animals that we need to eat are grass-fed animals. We grass don't want to be that's, yeah. that's what mother nature feeds them. Yeah. And yeah. why is corn it's so a, bad? Corn is like a plant. I but it's all GMO now. They <laughs> modify it. It's, it's no longer mm -hmm. have the same identity that mm -hmm. original corn does. And, and corn really only recently has become a mainstay in our diet. So mm -hmm. we're eating, and, and you are what you eat, but really you are what you eat eats. So mm -hmm. yeah, if you're eating beef that's eating corn, then, and you're eating corn, and now you're eating a corn beef, like we should not have this much corn in our bodies and it's not healthy mm -hmm. and it's all GMO'd. Yeah. And it's right around yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's just a, you know, this, this chemical load that we've put in this country started in the 70s well it actually started right after world war ii when they quit hurting people with all the chemicals then they sprayed it all over vietnam and they still can't grow food in vietnam for all mm -hmm. the they sprayed there and then we decided to start using it in our um, weed control and then in 96 they realized that they could spray roundup on all of our wheat and have it dry on the stock before they harvest it so all of our wheat has roundup on it oh my gosh so i can eat wheat in europe I can eat your wheat in other countries where they're not spraying the Roundup, but I can't eat wheat from here. I'm instantly sick. Yeah. There's so many people that have like, um, Hajimoto's and, um, absolutely uh, right. Sugar, wheat and dairy. Those are the first yeah. thing to get out of your diet. If you're ill. 
Yeah, uh, absolutely. And some people obviously can process it, but I think a lot of people don't even realize how bad they feel because, you know, feeling crummy is kind of the new normal, especially if you've been eating these foods since you were young. Isn't that true? It's like your body does build up a tolerance because it is trying to always heal itself. It's trying to get better. But if you just have this constant chronic overload, I mean, it makes sense that you would be in constant chronic pain and you think, oh, I've been eating this stuff my whole life. It can't be that. But maybe it's because it took your whole life to finally get to the place where you're at. Right. Well, eventually you'll get into crisis. So, I mean, when you're a two-year-old and you feel like crap because you're living on sugar cereal and treats and like the school systems, I mean, every single thing, every single treat's a sugar. Um, Mm -hmm. I I finally just had to give up and just do the 80, 20 with my kids because I just Mm -hmm. had to tell them they couldn't have cupcakes and snacks at school. But yeah. a two-year-old who's already sick, you don't even know it. So that's what I mean about our, our sickness is our new normal. And if you look at the kids, they don't have as much energy as they used to. Mm-hmm. And they're not as strong. And, you know, their knees are bending in and their ankles are rolling in. And they're, you know, they're, they're not, they're not, their shoulders aren't strong. And, um, and uh, it's chronic. If you just, if you go into a big crowd of people, you know, I was at a music festival and I was looking around at all the people and I was thinking, you know, how many people can I count just by looking at them? I can tell are vibrant and healthy. And it was so few. Yeah. So that's what I mean. It's like the new normal. You just think that this is how we feel. Wow. So, yeah. I think we, we have to get off sugar, wheat and dairy, and we have to demand that they quit poisoning our food. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the quickest way to do that is open up the regulations because a farmer cannot sell his next door neighbor meat. Like I can't sell my neighbor's lamb that I grow right here on the farm, unless it's through the CSA program. It's yeah. actually it's the law. And wow. they're butchering. So like they won't let you sell animals unless it's been gone through an FDA approved facility. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if you really want to go deep on it, you know, China now owns most of our um, big ag um, meat production. Hmm. And, um, you know, in the last 16, 18 months, 26 slaughterhouses have burned or suspiciously blown up. Three of them had explosions. One, an airplane crashed into. But what's happening is that they are going to be taking that meat to China and some of it will come back. So that's a long lot of driving and flying and gas Mm -hmm. to get back to us, or it's just going to stay there in China when they start running out of food. So we got to wake up. It's time. Yeah. Yeah. So how long has Aberlin Springs been? I mean, how long have you had community members living there or how how long have you had houses that you've built for the community members? We dug our first hole January of 2018. So we're in our fifth year. Yeah. 66 houses sold. There'll be 136 total homes Mm -hmm. up here. So I'm not quite halfway, but we're a small company and there's not a lot of um, lots on the ground in this Mm -hmm. area. For custom builders, the production guys are pretty much now, you know, geared up to buying the land, developing it for themselves. So I'm not in a big hurry to finish this community. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to grow my company. Um, we've just got such a well-oiled um, team right now that um, we're just we're building them as quickly as we can. And I um, I just always have a pipeline of people waiting to come in, and they're will- willing to wait. Yeah. So do you have any, sto- like, what are the stories that you have of some community members? Like, what do they say about living in Aberlin Springs? Oh, I have so many, mm-hmm. I have so many. but I, I started to say this. And I think I interrupted myself, but mm-hmm. we have sick people who come up here that yeah. need access to the food. We have people who want the free range kids. 
And we've got um, over, I think right now we have 34 kids in the neighborhood. We just had two babies here at home, literally, which is very brave. Wow. (laughs) So so we have the kids, the people who want their free range kids and the kids are running around all the time and they're barefoot from like March to November. And um, they're running in the woods and they're fishing and they're building forts and um, they're running around the farm and, and then we have families who remember spending the summers at their grandparents' farm or lived on a farm, but everybody here is looking for community. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and luckily, I mean, we're right in the middle of Ohio at Warren County, which is a, a wonderful area. Um, but luckily the diversity that's coming here is, is beyond what I was hoping for. Um, Cause I'm obviously pushing diversity of plants and, and food and, um, mm-hmm. You know, we're building a house for a couple right now who are in their 80s. I've got four families in their 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got the young families. I just sold my house to a house to the 14th single woman. Um, so that's kind of an interesting um, yeah. dynamic up here. Um, and just all the ages, empty nesters, and everybody's really looking for community and connection. Mm-hmm. We have this wonderful, like little chalet and villagey center in the middle of our community. So we have um, a pool, it's a saltwater pool. And so people gather there. We have a community garden up there too. So there are some people who do like to garden and we have a courtyard product with really small lots and they're kind of close together. So those Mm -hmm. people can garden on their own if they want. And then we have, you know, all kinds of events. We have a, a chef who's brought her enterprise up here. So she mm-hmm. does cooking classes and um, those are usually pretty um, well populated. We do farm to table dinners four or five times a year. Um, we have a big 4th of July celebration. First Friday of every month, we have a happy hour. And then you just see the families who are already kind of connecting. So a lot of times you'll look out in the evening and see people walking with a basket of food to a neighbor and you can oh. tell dinner together and um, lots of backyard um, bandits with their grills and 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 when it's the season everybody's having fun trying new things with all the food that's coming out of our garden so there's a little bit of competition on that too yeah I love it because I do think that the um, building trend over the last 50 years was that you had to have this amazing home that has everything so you never have to leave it you never have to go anywhere I mean you just go to work but what's happened is we all pull into our garage we have everything and nobody leaves unless they pull out of the garage. They just wave at their neighbors and the kids are on their devices. They don't play in the neighborhood anymore. And so we just kind of have created these lonely lives that we have. We're not social anymore and we all want privacy and community is important. I think the people that love their neighbors and that love the community that they're in don't want to move because, because that's important. Yeah, well, I mean, this, this whole last couple of years has been a wake up call for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and isolation is a killer. I mean, mm-hmm. we, and, and we've, we've just become very upside down. I mean, we isolate our moms when they're having kids. We, you know, we, we don't have our aunts and uncles and cousins. And, you know, it, this is the first generation where everybody left home and actually even left the home area even mm-hmm. and are expected to raise their families by themselves. And then mm-hmm. not only that, then we're getting sick and we're dying alone. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's just all kinds of strange avoidance to, um, you know, not having your kids around their grandparents as they're dying. And, and, and that's just such a lost opportunity mm-hmm. um, because, you know, dying is just like birth. It's the, 
the the veil between you know heaven and earth is so thin at that moment and and it's you know you're going back from where you came from and and we we have isolated this whole scenario mm-hmm. and um and people are lonely i i have built for many years in you know real high-end communities all through cincinnati and and that is what you just described you close your garage door people don't even know their neighbors um, they're not outside they're there. And there's this quiet desperation that's happening with humanity. Mm-hmm. And we're just disconnecting the, if you actually look up the, the definition of nature, it's everything that is biological. I, I should actually look it up, but I'm going to paraphrase, but it's everything yeah. biological that reproduces as living. That's not human. So by the <laughs> definition of nature, we've divorced ourselves from it. Mm-hmm. And, um, we can we are we are nature we are yeah yeah, yeah. we're actually like 95 percent other or, organisms i mean th- that is the paradigm shift that's been happening in this last 10 years is mm-hmm. that we're realizing that we've got viruses and bacteria and microbes in every organ of our bodies including our brain mm-hmm. and so we are primarily made up of other organisms and then and then these organisms begin to have like a whole colony mind as well so like for me when i start to eat sugar i get a buildup of candida and candida is um a um it's not a virus it's a bacteria isn't it it's a bacteria thank you mm-hmm. so it's a bacteria but then it causes depression because it's it will start to fight to get as much sugar as it can so all of a sudden that's why you're getting these cravings of sugar so it's not even you leslie it's, mm-hmm. it's this, this other um, community within your body that's beginning to crave it and, um, and it can take over. So that's why it's important for us to be healthy. So we are really such a small percentage of human. <laughs> we have to sleep because yeah. we don't really exist in this human form. We're spiritual beings having a human experience in a human mm-hmm. biological body that really isn't primarily even human. <laughs> Stop killing the bugs. Stop being afraid of viruses. You know, I mean, Dr. Zach Bush, who's an amazing man, talks how we have 10, you know, like, I don't even know his number, but it's it's something like 10 to the 10th power of viruses in our bodies at all time, even at birth. So for mm-hmm. us to be afraid of one virus is ridiculous. Our bodies are amazing healing machines and we are full of viruses and bacteria. And as long as we're in balance, we can heal. I mean, you cut yourself and you're healed. You don't do yeah. anything. You don't do anything. And you know, people don't really remember, like, we don't tell our heart to pump. We don't tell ourselves to breathe. We just, and what a miracle that is every day. And if we could just think about the things that are working instead of so focusing on everything that's not working. Stop killing what we don't want. (laughs) Maybe we'd feel a little bit. I'll give you another example. Stop doodling all these wonderful breeds of dogs. We are so mm-hmm. arrogant that we don't want to vacuum up extra dog hair that we are putting a poodle with every single beautiful breed of dog on the planet. It's mm-hmm. insane. Our, <laughs> our, our drive for convenience and comfort and isolation is going to drive us right to extinction because it's not how mother earth works and she will mm-hmm. win. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. I love what you're doing. I mean, 
you're not the only one that's building an agrihood. It's actually this new trend. There's so it's many people that are just concepts on the country right now. Yeah, it is. And I don't know if you know this, it's called wellness real estate and forward thinking developers like you are doing it all over the country. And it's, it um, was valued at $135 billion globally just a few years ago. And it nearly doubled its um, global wellness Institute said $275 billion now. Isn't that amazing? I love that. Yeah. So I just love that people like you are taking a chance and um, just doing, you know, providing a place where people have another option to where they can live healthier lives and be healthier and provide a family, you know, family life for their, ch- their kids. That's not whatever, not a lot of, I mean, that's uh, <laughs> just not what every, the choice that everybody has right now. You know, I think We've that been we, we've fallen for yeah. the, the marketing programming. So we're programmed yeah. to come home, eat crappy food, sit in front of the TV, let the TV tell you what you need to know, um, be forcefully entertained, stop using your imagination, stop going outside. I mean, it, there, you know, I used to joke about the tree huggers, but I will tell you, there is nothing better than grabbing hold of a tree that, <laughs> you know, three feet around. And just standing there and just feeling the energy that's coming from them. And, um, you know, it's we if we continue to separate ourselves from nature, we will not survive. Mm-hmm. And we need to get out of the cities and we need to start growing. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, a city is like a cancer. You know, it mm-hmm. really is. If you, if, you look at, if you look at the human body and you look at a cancer cell, it looks like our maps if you look at us from an airplane. Really? So, yeah, it's pretty intense. So, you know, we just need to find green where we can grow something, um, reconnect. And, and a lot of people do this with their pets. And mm-hmm. that's a pretty wonderful thing too, because, you know, you can see how a heart will open and what extent people will do when they're surrounded by animals and pets. Uh, but we have to take it to the next level because we live in a body that needs to be sustained and, mm-hmm. you know, call it a conspiracy, but it is a conspiracy that, that we have we have changed our education, our food system, our medical system in a way that is driving the money up and gobs of money up into a few people's pockets. Mm-hmm. If we could just turn that machine around, you know, there are not too many people on this planet. I, I was just gave a presentation to a garden company or a garden group of ladies who came up here this morning. And one of them was talking about how the population is too much and we shouldn't have open borders. And I absolutely disagree with that. Um, Especially if you just look at a country like Spain. I mean, Mm -hmm. there, there is so much land and so much opportunity, but we have to get out of the cities. We have to stop supporting these humongous companies that are taking all this profit for themselves and for what we don't even know what we're doing. And now they're going off planet with stuff. I mean, that's so dumb. Just we spend billions of dollars and leave this planet when we're about to die. You know <laughs> yeah. So why don't we just fix what we've got here? And, and for me, it's all local. Go local, grow something on your porch, mm-hmm. grow something in your yard, mm-hmm. meet your farmers, try mm-hmm. to get out of the cities if you can. If every single church would just take care of the people in one mile of them, they know what families have, you know, issues with drugs or not enough food or, or need support for their kids and, and start local and just start fixing the problems. Stop mm-hmm. getting, you know, for these big companies like Walmart and, and Kellogg's and whatever. I mean, they're still owned by maybe seven companies total, but if we just stopped buying from them for one month, they would be upside down. <laughs> right. <laughs> they right. would be going out of business just for one month. If you do the math on it. Mm-hmm. So it's just time for us to talk and, mm-hmm. and 
surround yourself with healthy people who are thinking healthy thoughts and um and just you know we gotta we gotta change what we're eating right well it can happen i mean i know that it's on the way of happening this whole global pandemic has really propelled it i mean just think about organic's been around for a while but it's really more mainstream now i think so many people buy into it and so many people realize the difference that it makes i mean when it first was an idea people were like nobody's going to pay a dollar more for something just because it says organic or because you grew it a certain different way and now think about i mean it's just a movement that's happening and that with this whole wellness real estate movement that's happening now too and so many forward thinking developers like you just building amazing communities that are centered on wellness i think that's amazing it's no longer just a community with a pool you know it's it's about you didn't even mention the stuff that you're doing in the homes because i know that you have some specific things that you're doing when you're building a house, it's not just energy efficiency, but it's also about wellness. Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, obviously the septic system we have is, is a really green, wonderful um, septic system. Um, mm-hmm. I talked about that, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Okay, because I did a presentation this morning, so I forget what I was Yeah, talking. yeah, that's okay. But you um, also said that you does uh, geothermal heating. Yeah, so we have committed all of our homes up here to geothermal heat. Mm-hmm. And so we're pulling much less as a community off of the electric grid. And then we also um, have it attached to our water heaters. So mm-hmm. we um, heat the water with, we have a geo assist on the water heaters. And, um, and then I really do feel like our first line of defense has to be water, clean water. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we have whole house water systems on our homes that, um, because really you get most of your toxins in your shower, you'll be inhaling the toxins. And then obviously our skin is our largest organ mm-hmm. and it is such a healing instantly. And so do my kids as far as skin and just all kinds of things when we changed over to the water filter. So, um, so all of the Pendragon homes have um, the whole house water filter included and, um, and then we use low toxin paint. Um, I hate to say it, but really that's for my painter <laughs> um, as much as the homeowners, but I want to keep him around as long as possible too. Um, and then there's just, you know, so many things we can do that are green and I have like a whole menu. Um, but again, that's one of those things that some of that stuff starts to drop off as people are wanting to spend, you know, more on their kitchen or their granites and that type of thing. Um, and, uh, we're still, you know, kind of stuck in the mainstream as far as what the counties will approve and that type of thing. So Mm -hmm. there are beautiful little pockets of light who are building straw homes and all solar, um, in our area, we're kind of overcast a lot. So the solar doesn't really pay for itself very well, but I do have a couple of people who have invested in it just to Mm -hmm. be in the technology really. Yeah. Um, so um, there's there's definitely things we can change, and and I I you know created quite a stir, uh, breaking a ton of rules uh, with mm-hmm. the community in our county. So um, I kind of had to pick my battles on on how much we could do here. Yeah, baby steps, right? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's and amazing. the dialogue going because everybody. Yeah. Can do something. Yeah. You know? Can do. I'd love to be doing the, the gray water, but that's just not accepted in our county yet mm-hmm. where we're not using the freshest water for everything, you know, so there's, there's definitely more that can be done and will be done and, and mm-hmm. innovation always happens in the fringe. And mm-hmm. I think that this pandemic um, has forced us to start looking at this and, and really people won't change until there's pain. So yeah. it's a blessing 
um, I think in a lot of ways. And I think there's all kinds of points of light out there that are happening and we just don't see it. And all of a sudden it's just going to start to glow from the bottom up. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we are amazingly resilient and spiritual beings. And, and I think mm-hmm. if we want to survive and continue, um, then we'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, I mean, just thank you so much for sharing your amazing story. I mean, just what a blessing it was, even your autoimmune. I mean, it, because yeah. it's I, led you on this journey. all the time. Yeah. yeah. I say that all the time. I had a daughter with down syndrome, my very first child, and she has been a tremendous blessing for me because wow. she, I was very concerned about her health and actually changed a lot of my eating when she was born. Um, uh, just because I, she was more compromised, but, um, but she taught me patience. She, mm-hmm. I grew up with her. So mm-hmm. like it was, um, she has been a tremendous blessing and, mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, if you look at things as adversity, they will become adverse. But if you look at them as your lesson, right. um, usually something remarkable is going to come out of it. Yes. I mean, it is, if you think about anything amazing that has happened, it's usually because someone took something that was terrible or like a pain point or something and they sprang off from it. Right. Right. You know, well, you need- sometimes we are just not willing to change until it hurts. we know a lot of these things yes exactly you know if you smoke you're gonna hurt your body so Mm -hmm. you know you can wait till you get lung cancer or you know (laughs) you stop but it's funny about humanity that that we tend to need the boot on our throat before we're going to change right well thank you so much i really appreciate this conversation i loved learning about aberlin springs how can people learn more about your community well, we have a wonderful website. It's Oberlin is spelled A-B-E-R-L-I-N. Um, so it's oberlinsprings.com. Mm-hmm. And then the home building company is Pendragon Homes. And Pendragon is actually King Arthur's last name. So mm-hmm. it's, we work with the round table. Um, so there's no one at the head of my table. I have a yeah. team and our clients yeah. sit at the round table with us as we're designing their houses. And um, it's just pendragonhomes.com is that website as well. And then you're, we're open every day, but Saturday, we totally welcome people to come up and walk our community and come see the farm. And, um, you know, there's always people milling around and we're certainly open every Sunday to tour houses as well as a farm. So I would say, come see it. That's the best way to really get it or jump on our website. Yeah, that's wonderful. And you are located in Morris, Ohio. And how? Yeah, we're just north of Cincinnati in a town called Lebanon, which is really cute. Um, We're right off of 71. So we're like two, you know, two miles off 71 highway, just north of Kings Island. I hope I can visit one day. It's a beautiful community. Well, I will put you up here in our chalet. We've still, we have, um, that is something people could do if they, if this was a destination for them. We do have. Yeah. a few bedrooms for that we rent out that are in the main chalet. Oh, so nice! If you come up, I'll put you up, and we'll have okay. A- oh my gosh, that would just be so lovely. Yeah. It was so great talking to you. Yeah, thank, thank you, Leslie. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you found something that will help you and your family bloom and grow. I'm on a mission to bring health and home together, and I invite you to join me. If you enjoyed today's episode, you might also enjoy reading the digital magazines that I publish every single month. They are called the Wellness Real Estate Magazine, which is Wellness RE, and Healthy Home Magazine. 
and they feature wellness lifestyle communities that are being designed and built all over the country. Plus, I have healthy home professionals that share their insights on how you can create a healthier home environment. Building biology experts, biophilic designers, wellness architects, color psychology specialists, and even eco-designers all together in one place. I guarantee it's not like any other magazine you've read before. You can check it out at www.healthyhome-mag.com. You can purchase single issues and I have tons of articles from over the past two years that you can share. Remember, sharing is caring. And please follow me on Instagram at healthyhomemag. Reach out and let me know how you like the show or what topics you'd like me to cover in the future. I'm open to learning more about what matters to you. Together, we're making the world a healthier place, one home at a time.